This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Well, this is your no shift, uh, Adam Schiff, of course. This is your no shift, Sherlock, story of the year. Uh, you guys remember how the the left and the liberal media mob started trashing the military started throwing out all these uh nasty allegations oh the u.s military is filled with white supremacists the u.s military is filled with all of these extremists this this was just you know one of the other ways that they trashed our u.s military but boy, if you don't give all of the U.S. military's budget to some other countries, they'll they'll say you're a, you're a Putin apologist. These the, these folks were were trashing our military right right in the middle of of COVID nineteen, of course, when they were also trashing our military with their woke agenda, uh, with the woke transgender agenda, drag queen story hours on military bases, including Malmstrom Air Force Base here in Montana, and. And then they were trashing the military with their COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Uh, and, and they've been successful in trashing the military. If you haven't seen the headlines, uh, we are now at an 80-year low when it comes to the strength of our military. 80-year uh, low. But don't worry. The, the world's a, a very safe, non-chaotic place with Joe Biden and John Tester running things back in Washington. <laughs> Obvious sarcasm on that one. So anyway... Uh, so they were they were they were just falsely deliberately uh trashing uh the US military with the American people and remember so they were they were claiming oh there's there's these domestic extremists that are in the military and, and white supremacists in particular which just think about this for a moment in what other aspect of American life you know when I was in a liberal college campus you know you'd see the foreign exchange students all sitting with each other largely at the same table you would see people kind of self-segregating themselves i, I remember when, when i was in high school uh one of the high schools i went to moved around a lot when i was a kid one of the high schools i went to was was mostly black and and a lot a lot of the white kids would just be sitting at the white kids table and i'm like what are you guys doing and and so anyway like so i I don't I don't know if my black friends appreciated it, but I go sit at their table and they're probably like, oh, great. Now we got a white guy at our table. Come on. You know, but but I, that's what I do, because I just thought it was just so absurd that like just like it was absurd that all the foreign exchange students that come to America to learn about America sit at one little table together. And 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 then when I was in this in this high school back in Illinois, I just thought it was so absurd that all the white kids would sit at the same table with each other. And and and, and anyway, then. And me and a couple other guys, we all played basketball and football, so we had you know friends across the board anyway. But 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 I mean, outside of sports in American life, what is the most? I hate to use the word diverse because it's become such a bad word now. But you've got men and women of every single stinking background you can think of that all live together, that fight together, that train together, that sweat together, that bleed together, that would lay down their lives for one of another, and they. And, and there's people that actually believe these nut jobs in the American liberal media, and then in the Democrat party. Oh, there's a bunch of white supremacists in the military. You bunch of freaking clowns. Anyway, apparently they spent a bunch of money doing some exhaustive reports studying this. Wait till you hear what the report says. Survey says. Here is your Montana news. A car with four teenage boys flipped and crashed in West Billings, killing one. The accident happened last Friday night on King Avenue West and 31st Street West. According to the Montana Highway Patrol investigation, 
The teens were speeding eastbound when the driver lost control and veered off the road. After hitting many rocks, the car went airborne, landed on the front end, flipped over and rolled. Colorate reports that two boys were not belted in and were ejected from the vehicle. One of them, age 15, died at the scene. The other three, ages 16, 17, and 17, were treated at nearby hospitals. The identities of the passengers have not been released. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. With a mix of clouds and sunshine for the area today, high temperatures range from the mid-20s in Bozeman to the mid-30s in Billings. For tonight, we're looking at partly to mostly cloudy skies. Chance for a few snow showers late towards Bozeman. Low temperature readings will stay back into the mid-upper teens. And we'll see periods of light snow, especially in the Bozeman area tomorrow with an inch or two possible in Bozeman. Highs in the low to mid-30s. This is weatherology meteorologist Paul Trombley. All right, so I have not taken the time to pour through the hundreds of documents that have now been released in the Jeffrey Epstein case. But one of our listeners did, and one of our listeners called in. Hey, Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks. That's what makes this show so great, is getting your phone calls from all across Montana. It's not only a great way for you to be heard all across the state, but it's a great chance for folks elsewhere across Montana to find out what people are talking about. Montana Talks, the show where you get to talk. We take you statewide, Monday through Friday, 9 to 10. If you can plan barbecues and weddings, you can plan to protect yourself from a natural disaster. Sign up for local alerts, prepare an emergency kit, and make a family communications plan. Get started at ready.gov slash plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is where Montana talks. Before we get to, we're going to get to our callers right after this break. Francis and Big Fork, you're up first, young lady. But before that, an important public service announcement to all the illegal aliens out there. Reminder, free health care for illegal aliens in California. Public service announcement, free health care for illegal aliens in California. Just in case any of you are still hanging around Bozeman or anywhere else for that matter. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, yeah, of course, we're going to talk about our our southern border and the latest on this uh, government funding debate. Uh, We're going to get to that. We're going to talk about the cold weather. we got the National Weather Service uh, Office uh, joining us here later this hour of the program. We're going to talk about uh, the increasing chaos in the Middle East. We've got uh, Jonathan Savage with Fox News Radio joining us next hour of the show and uh and taking your phone calls and more this morning as well here with monday's montana talks uh 406-294-0970 but this i i want to talk about this story here though right out the gate and i probably shouldn't even talk about it yet because i should have just saved it for for the nine o'clock hour because i want to have this conversation uh with our statewide audience uh especially in that nine o'clock hour when we're on in small town montana missoula elsewhere across the state but uh but, yeah, so uh, the Pentagon, this is from the Daily Caller. Uh, great reporting here by Brianna Lyman with the dailycaller.com. She, she did a couple stories about this. Uh, one, uh, both of these headlines caught my eye. Uh, there was one headline where she said, uh, a, a favorite narrative of the left and the liberal media uh, completely collapsed. Uh, during and it happened uh, kind of quietly during the Christmas break, 
you know, around Christmas and New Year's. This is this is when the left likes to release news that, that doesn't look good for them. Uh, kind of like the, the Friday afternoon news dump that the Secretary of Defense had been hospitalized and had been out of commission for three days. Never even told the White House. Nobody at the Pentagon informed the White House. Nobody informed the chain of command. <laughs> I mean... This is like kind of military 101 uh, about uh, certain information that needs to be reported to your higher chain of command. And the Pentagon uh, failed at uh, <laughs> it's one of the, the basic jobs of any, anyway. So uh, but anyway, this was a story that apparently got buried uh, during the during the holidays here. And uh, Vivek uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. I better better pronounce it right before David Noble jumps on me. No, I'm just joking with you, David. But yeah, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy. I'm glad he pronounced it right so that we knew how to pronounce it. Vivek uh, Ramaswamy just tore into the liberal media on Friday after one of its favorite claims that the military was infiltrated with right-wing white supremacists collapsed. The Pentagon released its long-awaited report on domestic extremism in the military in late December and after two years of taxpayer-funded research and interviews with more than 100 defense officials and experts, government studies, articles, and other data, the problem didn't actually exist. <laughs> you will know Schiff, Sherlock. The report conducted by the Institute for Defense Analyses found that, if anything, the, quote, risk to the military from widespread polarization and division in the ranks may be a greater risk than the radicalization of a few service members. Now, I would agree with that. What are they basically saying here is that this deliberate attempt to divide our military. I, I mean, look at this. This woke nonsense that's being pushed on our military. Uh that that is a deliberate effort to try to divide the ranks to increase polarization to to create disunity in our US military unity of effort is a key principle in the military it's a key principle to being successful it's 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 important to our national security unity of effort so isn't it interesting that the very people that have been trashing uh, the U.S. military with these salacious allegations are the same people that want to cut the U.S. military's budget. They've been wanting to cut the U.S. military's budget since I was a kid in the Reagan 80s when they were weak on foreign policy back then, just like they're weak on foreign policy right now. And so they've been trying to cut the military. They've been trying to tear down the military since the Reagan 80s when I was a kid. But but they use the COVID vaccine mandate. They've used their woke politics, and they've used these utterly outrageous claims about domestic extremism in the ranks to tear down our military. And we're now uh, basically the the weakest we've been in 80 years because of the liberal mob media and the Democrat Party that's been pushing this uh, nonsense, and, and Biden appointees that have been pushing this nonsense. Uh, let's see what else is in here. Uh, oh, oh, here's what Vivek Ramaswamy had to say about it. Uh, quote, the media endlessly hyped stories about white supremacy and extremism in the U.S. military for years. Was it true? Nope. It was a total joke with no basis. In fact, in fact, the Biden administration commissioned a report that found extremism was non-existent and then shamefully buried it by releasing it on the day after Christmas. He says he's calling on the following news organizations to retract and apologize for their smears of American service members as white supremacists. 
By the way, Vivek Ramaswamy is not a white guy, but they'll still call him a white supremacist, uh, won't they? They probably already did. I'm sure David could could, could share that one with us. Uh, he tagged NBC News, Axios, Vice, and Boston Globe. NBC News ran the headline, Pentagon Report Warns of Threat from White supremacists inside the military in February of 2021 before the commission of the study. So what does this tell you? Pentagon report warns of threat. Pentagon Axios had a headline, Pentagon report. Vice News claimed extremism existed in the ranks with a video piece. American terror, the military's problem with extremism in the ranks. But now, in, not to be the one defending NBC News or Axios here, but they're really just sharing... What the, what the deep state left-wing bureaucrat, I'm going to hold my tongue on this one. I want to say more about these bureaucrats at the Pentagon. They trashed their own military in their own stupid report without any facts, without any basis in fact whatsoever. So NBC News and, and Axios just ran with the BS fake news that the deep state left-wing activists inside of our own Pentagon were running with. Securing America. The southern border continues to be one of the main focal points concerning America's national security following a month which saw Customs and Border Patrol agents record more than 300,000 encounters with illegal migrants in December. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson said on CBS's Face the Nation Sunday, the status quo is unmaintainable. You have to stop the flow first before you can uh, commence with the, uh, with the surgery and okay. we, we're hemorrhaging here. Republican Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma said on Fox News Sunday the immigration system needs fundamental change. Let's change the way we're handling asylum so that real asylees get in and folks that are just gaming the system to be able to be here for a decade before their hearing is done, they're actually turned around. Ohio Republican Congressman Jim Jordan said on Fox's Sunday Morning Futures, Americans are out of patience. Polling shows 8 out of 10 Americans know that this is a crisis on our southern border, so we've got to deal with that. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. With the Daybreak Ag Report on the Western Ag Network, I'm Lane Nordblad. USDA's National Egg Statistics Service announced back in December that they will mail the 2023 Census of Aquaculture to all producers who indicated in their 2022 Census of Agriculture that they produce and sell aquaculture products. The deadline to respond if you do receive that survey is January 15th, 2024. In trade news, Philippines President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. signed an executive order extending reduced tariff rates on imported pork for the third consecutive year. The in-quoted duty is to remain at 15%, while the out-of-quota rate is 25%. It was back in May of 2021 in response to a shortage of pork caused by African swine fever. The Philippines lowered its import duties from 30 and 40% respectively. It also increased the quota amount known as the minimum access volume to over 254,000 metric tons from just 54,000 metric tons. The National Pork Producers Council applauds the move, saying that the Philippines' lower tariff on U.S. pork imports have helped spur significant increases in U.S. pork exports there is beneficial to U.S. pork producers. We'll be right back. 
Are you concerned about the impact government policies could have on your cattle business? One way to make your voice heard in Washington is by joining NCBA. When you join, you'll be part of the nation's oldest and largest national cattle industry organization that has a professional team working in Washington, D.C. on issues that matter to cattle-producing families nationwide. Don't stay on the sidelines. Make your voice heard by joining NCBA today at the website ncba.org. It's that time of year again. We want to invite you to join us for Montana Farmers Union's annual women's conferences. We are again offering two conferences this year, one in Miles City, February 2nd through the 4th, and one at Fairmont Hot Springs, February 9th through the 11th. Both will be packed full of educational opportunities, networking, and women who are dedicated to Montana's rural communities and agriculture. To learn more about the agendas and to register, please visit montanafarmersunion.com. Returning back today, we know that farmers spend over a third of their operating budget each year on synthetic fertilizer. And producers know that nitrogen is essential for plant growth, but they're also aware that consumers want to know more about the environmental footprint of the food that they are eating. With all these factors in mind, Pivot Bio is helping farmers replace synthetic nitrogen out in their fields. Pivot Bio's Randy Mitten explains more. Pivot Bio's uh, role is really to develop technology that replaces synthetic nitrogen. Uh, the way we've done that is through a uh, microbial uh, effort to fix atmospheric nitrogen and apply it directly to the root of the crop. By replicating a microbe's nitrogen fixing abilities, Pivot Bio is able to supply nitrogen directly to plants at the root in any weather or soil throughout the growing season. When we work with growers uh, to utilize our microbes, they have an opportunity to replace or to reduce the amount of synthetic nitrogen that they use on the farm. Uh, by as much as 20 or 25 percent of their total nitrogen needs can be replaced with a Pivot Bio micro. That creates a sustainability opportunity for our growers by having a product that does not leach, does not volatilize to the atmosphere, or run off. For more on the innovative nitrogen products that Pivot Bio provides, corn, wheat, and other small grains producers, visit pivotbio.com. For the Western Ag Network, I'm Lane Northmont. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's see. Yeah, I just realized, you know, I I was uh, working right up until the last second before the show started this morning to uh, do as much preparation as I possibly could. I, I still probably have more, way too much information in front of us here. But, hey, I, I got to be ready for you guys. I got to be ready for your phone calls because... Uh, you know, I, I like to have at least some kind of an idea of of uh, the various uh, topics that come up uh, so that, you know, it just makes for a more fun conversation if we have an idea of, you know, what's going on out there. But, uh, yeah, phone lines are open for you, 406-294-0970. I was, well, the one thing I, I realized I forgot to do this morning is I, I usually like to at least do a scan of the Fox News radio stories to see uh, what, the, what the latest uh, is here and see if there's anything else I missed and pouring over a whole bunch of other news sources uh this one maybe i'll just play it right off the site here let's see uh bill malusian great reporter who's been covering our southern border looks like he's covering the iowa caucuses the iowa caucuses are one week 
from today. And the field of Republican presidential candidates is gearing up to make their final push for votes across the state. Uh, anyway, my, my main question is, is not will Donald Trump win the Iowa caucuses, but by how much will he win the Iowa caucuses? Anyway, anyway uh, oh, let me get the uh, had the audio uh, queued up a little too hot there. Uh, that was the buzz. Let me uh, let me see what Bill Malusian has to say with this preview of the Iowa caucuses. Here's a snapshot of the latest polling here in Iowa. Donald Trump obviously still with a massive lead coming in around 51%. DeSantis just sort of 19%, while Nikki Haley is coming in at just about 16%. But look, we've been talking to a lot of Iowa voters. They're telling us they don't care about these polls. They don't really trust these polls. They say they don't have an impact on anything. And they don't apply here because it's a caucus system. People aren't going out and voting. They're essentially going out and talking with their neighbors on caucus night. Nikki Haley and Governor DeSantis, voters are also also telling us that they feel if either of them come in a strong second place behind Trump, it would still be a success for their campaigns. All right. Or or, or should they just pack it up uh, after the Iowa caucuses? Or maybe it's going to take two or three rounds or maybe through Super Tuesday uh, uh, to figure that one out. Uh, it, speaking of, of, of President Trump, uh, Trump uh, attorney Alina Haba, she was on Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiromo yesterday to say that any more uh, Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiromo is the Sunday morning uh, talk show now. It's no longer meet the press, of course. That show, that show died a long time ago. But uh, Alina Haba one talked about uh, about their response, uh, basically their call for in in the fact that the that the special prosecutor leading this political persecution against Donald J. Trump should be held in contempt because he is in contempt right now. But also, she talks about the Iowa caucuses and the rest of the political calendar that's coming up right around the corner and 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 why that is exactly how the Democrats are launching these lawsuits against Trump. I'll play uh, her audio right after this. Fox News, I'm Chris Foster. Some House Republicans say there aren't enough cuts in the federal funding agreement announced by congressional leadership. Tennessee Republican Tim Burchett tells Fox they promised their constituents big cuts during campaigns. We're never going to do any of that stuff because we don't have the guts. North Carolina Republican Greg Murphy tells Fox Business the deal's not perfect. But it's the best thing we have to move forward if we're going to make real changes in our debt. The deadline to avoid a partial government shutdown is January 19th. There's strong storms moving across the country. Today's risk will move across the central U.S., bringing heavy snow, blizzard conditions, and severe weather for the Gulf Coast today and the southeast tomorrow. Once this system moves into the northeast and the mid-Atlantic, heavy rain and flooding will be a big concern, especially for the I-95 corridor. Fox meteorologist Janice Dean, there's rain and snow in the Pacific Northwest continuing into today and a tornado risk along the Gulf Coast. America's listening to Fox News. Yeah, speaking of the weather, we're going to have Tom Humphrey with the National Weather Service office in Billings uh, join us here in just a few minutes. I uh, I was reconning the weather myself last night, and I said, well, for for all of you who've been complaining about the nice weather we've been having, here she comes. Here she comes. Uh, let's see. Uh, for Billings, uh, let's see. Today, Monday, uh, last I checked anyway, high of 31, low of 21, definitely a chilly morning. But by Thursday morning, a high of 11, uh, 5 degrees below zero for the low. Friday, 
It won't even get above zero. Two below zero uh, for the high. Nineteen below zero for the low. Saturday, one below zero for the high. Twelve below zero for the, for the low. So uh, so there you go. Uh, we're all going to be very thankful for our friends in Coal Strip once again. Uh, and and yet you watch how the uh, how the liberal left here in Montana wants to uh, continue to turn off the heat uh, for us here by attacking a proposed natural gas-fired power plant, by attacking coal strip, and much more. Uh, let me see. Let me do a quick look here. Let's see. I told you what, what it's looking like for Billings. Let's see what it's looking like for Bozeman. Uh, yeah, similar numbers by Friday. One below for the high, 15 below for the low. Uh, Saturday, you'll actually uh, Bozeman will actually get above a zero. Nine, nine above for the high, four below for the zero. So uh, or for for the uh, for the low. Okay, uh, Trump attorney Alina Haba on Sunday morning futures with Maria Bartiromo uh, uh, talking about how this political persecution of Donald J. Trump in the courtroom and how they are deliberately tying it to the political calendar. This is all rooted in politics. The fact that you look at the lawfare that we're going through, and if you look at the timeline of these cases, these activities happened while he was sitting in pres as president, most of them. So they waited, investigated for years and years and years. And then they say, we are in a rush to get to trial. Why are we in a rush to get to trial, Jack Smith? Because you can't win the election. So this is how they have to do it. It's called election interference. It's political lawfare. It is 100% political. And what they're doing is doing it at critical times. I have... Uh, trial coming up. I have closing arguments this week, all while Iowa is going on, so that the president is taken off the campaign trail and into the courtroom. Well, it's, it's so obvious and pathetic. Yeah, I mean, right. When you're in a trial, you've got to be there, so he can't be on the campaign trail. Right. It's a very important point that you make. What about Letitia James and her stepped-up activity? How are you handling that? So Miss James has, uh, in my mind, always been a bit of a fame-hungry human being that has put her politics again in front of the interests of the New York State like she should be. She um, decided after a trial where we had experts say that statements were undervalued, where we had experts who were on the Nobel Executive Committee reference team tell the judge that he did nothing wrong, that his statements actually gave too much information, and there were no victims, and Deutsche Bank said, hey, we loved working with Trump. He actually paid his loans off early in many instances, if not on time. We all made money, and he over-invested in the properties, the assets related to the mortgages, and, and he was a great client. All right, there's more that she has to, to share here. I'll play another minute from Alina Haba right after this, and then uh, we'll talk about the weather with the National Weather Service. Well, I'd like to say I'm surprised, but I'm not. Do you guys remember when an LGBTQ rainbow flag was vandalized in Miles City? Remember all of the news media and all the attention that story got? Got a lot of attention, right? Well, now that a Christian symbol was vandalized in Miles City, Montana, a Christmas display at a Veterans Park vandalized in Miles City. How come this story isn't getting that much attention? Well, you can see the story at MontanaTalks.com right now or see it on the app. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we're going to get to uh, our friends from the National Weather Service office here in just a second. But real quick, we ran out of time before that last break. I was playing audio of Alina Haba, a Trump attorney, on Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiromo. And she was talking about New York Attorney General Letitia James, who campaigned that she would go after, that she would use her, her office to go after 
uh, President Donald Trump. And, and she was making the point that, you know, just how phony this claim is against him uh, and how, you know, the, even the banks he was working with were saying what a great client Trump was. We're saying what a great client the Trump organization was. They paid their loans off early. We made money off the deal. They made money off the deal. It was a good deal all around. And yet and yet New York uh, Attorney General Letitia James, uh, look at uh, look at this political persecution she wants to launch, uh, continue to launch, not just against Donald J. Trump, but against people who worked uh, for his businesses as well. After that, she thinks it's time to up the ante on how much he should pay. She wants to completely wipe clean the bank account of the Trump Organization. She wants to hurt individuals who have done nothing wrong. She wants to disgorge them of their severance pay. Imagine, imagine the lengths she is going to to personally hurt Trump because she ran a campaign on going after Trump and she has to keep her political promise. It is so, so sick and, and sad, honestly, for New York. I love the state of New York. I should say I loved the state of New York, but I have real concerns for any business that is doing business right now in the state of New York under Letitia James. All right. And a full video, uh, Fox News website. Uh, you just go to Sunday Morning Future. Uh, their their main webpage has got the full video there uh, and more. All right, well let's talk about this uh, this cold weather. I I had to share it via Twitter or X uh, last night when I was doing a uh, a uh, temperature recon for the morning for myself. I said, well, for all of you who were complaining about the nice weather we were having. Here she comes. Uh, we've got Tom Humphrey with the National Weather Service office in Billings on the phone lines right now. Tom, thanks for being with us this morning. You're welcome. Good to be here. Yeah. Well, uh, tell us uh, how cold it's going to get and how long we might be seeing these uh, sub-zero temperatures as well. Uh, well, the northwest territories in Canada right now are 20 to 30 below zero. <laughs> so that air is sitting up there, and we just need a trigger to bring it down. And uh, that trigger is going to arrive Wednesday as the front moves through our area. So Wednesday morning, not going to be that bad. We'll have decent temperatures in the morning in the 20s and 30s, but we'll see falling temperatures through the day. And by the time we get to Thursday, our highs are going to be in the single digits to around 10 at the most here in Billings. And, and across the area, the same thing up in the north, up across northern Montana, will probably be below zero already on Thursday. Uh, our temperatures here in southern Montana will hover right around zero Friday and Saturday and likely have highs below zero Friday and Saturday in the eastern part of the state. Uh, and then we might be getting above zero and start the moderation trend uh, late Sunday, but more likely into Monday, we'll probably get back into the double digits on Monday. So like a three to five day stretch of pretty chilly stuff that we haven't, we haven't seen for a while. Yeah. So, but then we'll get a break after the, after the sub-zero weekend. Uh, yeah. Cause I know we've, we've had it, it seemed like in a couple of years past where, man, once that severe cold start, it starts, it doesn't stop. It was good to finally see some moisture though, get some snow, although it's definitely made for some, for some slick roads in, in portions of the, of our listening area as well. So I want to encourage folks to, to drive safe this morning, uh, on some potentially slick roads out there across our listening area. Yeah, when, uh, we haven't had a lot of cold air, so the ground is still fairly warm, just hovering right around freezing, just slightly below. So most of the time, if we get any kind of temperatures that pop above 30, the the ground is still a little warm. <laughs> so we get the snow on top of that, it melts, and then it, it, it turns to ice as soon as we lose the sunshine. So, yeah, it got pretty slick last night. It's still pretty slick this morning. So, yeah, please be careful out there, even though we're not expecting any more snow today. 
Yeah, I I drove uh, uh, my son to to his work uh, last night. I said, don't I don't worry about it. You know, I'll just drive you. You see, you don't have to worry about you know the the slick roads out there. And and I'm driving back to my house, and you know, some guys just right behind me, probably saying, and and I'm not the type to be a slow driver typically, but uh, hey, there's there's a time and purpose for everything. And and uh, this guy's right behind me, and then he whips around me as fast as he can, and he starts speeding down the road. And then all of a sudden, whoa, 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 he starts fishtailing, and then and then at the next roundabout right in front of us, there was there was a fender bender. So I, I think he probably realized, oh, this guy wasn't just uh, just being just being slow for no purpose whatsoever. But uh, yeah, there, there were several fender benders that I saw last night. Uh, I, well, part of the reason why I wanted to get you on is, hey, not only because we are seeing a, a big uh, weather shift here in the days ahead but uh what what's dry is there is there another uh let's see i one of our listeners sent me this uh zero hedge.com story from yesterday uh gob smackingly bananas weather models predict polar vortex invasion into the u.s is this another polar vortex that i think uh you know became the big buzzword a few years ago or or is this just a normal weather pattern you know moving in and then moving out and and then wait for the next one well it it is a colder than normal pattern for sure and uh the the origins of this is is like the northwest territories up in northern canada oftentimes you have lower pressure up there around the hudson bay and what is happening now is we've had a ridge that has been centered over the western U.S. for so long. That's why we've been so mild in November and December. That ridge is retrograding and backing up towards the eastern Pacific, and that's allowing that Hudson Bay low, which oftentimes storehouses the cold air, to get unlocked and rotate down towards um, the United States here, down into uh, the northern plains of the northern Rockies. And that's exactly what's happening. So it's pulling that cold air, the 20s and 30s blow, down into our area. So polar vortex, yeah, that, that's kind of a buzzword that gets thrown around here. But it, it's fairly accurate because the, um, the, the, the air is from those northern territories and, and originating up there from Hudson Bay. So I usually uh, refer to that as a Hudson Bay low, pulling the cold air down with it. Interesting. Yeah, apparently in this piece, some of the predictions uh, include temperatures 76 degrees below normal or average temperatures for this time of, of year. Uh, how much more moisture do you think we'll get? Because obviously we're, we're far behind in our snowpack so far. Uh, and, uh, you know, some ski resorts uh, have, have really been struggling so far. But is the snow about to start piling up? Uh, I, I wouldn't say pile up, but we're, we are going to get some. Uh, the, the best chance that we have to get some of this accumulating snow that has a decent amount of moisture in it is the Wednesday-Thursday time frame. Uh, by the time we get into Thursday afternoon, the air just gets so cold. Uh, you've heard the phrase, I, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, too cold snow. That's not true, but it's too cold to hold a lot of water. <laughs> so once we get into Thursday afternoon, it'll still snow, and we'll get like maybe an inch a day as we go into the weekend, but it doesn't have a lot of moisture content in, in it. And the mountains have a shot of getting some of this overrunning snow as we pick up a southwest feed that overruns this Arctic on us, but it doesn't look like they're going to get uh, hammered with a lot of snow either. So, yes, we will get snow. There's not going to be a lot of moisture content in it. So um, it's not going to help a whole lot, but every little bit helps, and hopefully we can start chipping away at this as we get into February and March. Because you're right, the mountains do need it, and the plains need it too. Sounds like you got some 80s, 90s kids at the National Weather Service office playing vanilla ice. <laughs> uh, you got vanilla ice playing, you know, too hot to handle, too cold to hold, huh? <laughs> I'm a sticks 
guy myself. Oh. <laughs> There's got to be a sticks reference in here somewhere. Then we'll find it. It's a fog hat. There you go. Yeah, fog hat. We we sure had a lot of that a, a little while back, man. I remember I couldn't even see you know a block away from the uh, the top oh, floor of the right. hotel here. Well, what else is going on? What's the other water cooler conversations going on with the National Weather Service office? Uh, you know, what else have you guys been talking about, or with other National Weather Service offices across the state? Well, uh, with this pattern we've had, it has been certainly mild, and it has been it has been dry, and it, this has been fairly expected because you've you've heard us talk about El Nino for a while uh, leading up to this, and oftentimes El Nino does lean. It's not a definite signature, but it does lean towards warmer than normal temperatures in the winter, and and leans towards drier. The normal temperatures and or drying the normal uh, precip in the winter. That's certainly been the case. But with that, with the El Nino, we still have these blocks of time where we do get cold and we do get snowy. It's not going to be warm and dry the whole winter. We are going to have these blocks of time. So I don't. I hope people don't get confused saying where is this El Nino because it's going to be so cold. This is fairly typical. Even in the mild and, and dry winters, we have these stretches of, of cold and snowy. So this is fairly typical. The thing that we're seeing is that it looks like the pattern is, is going to shift so that that ridge is trying to build back in. So I'm, I'm not convinced. I mean, a lot of stuff can happen from now until next Saturday, but I'm not convinced this Arctic is going to stick around and the snow pattern is going to stick around for, for a long time. We might get back into the mild uh, weather when we get into the middle part of next week, but there, there's a lot of up in the air in that. All right. Tom Humphrey with the National Weather Service Office in Billings. Great insight. Thanks for joining us here this morning. And uh, now that the overnight crew got all the work done, I guess the more the day shift can just drink all the coffee, huh? I'm the overnight crew, so I was the one doing all the work. And there you so go. Save some of that coffee for me. Well, sh- shift change is coming up. So, uh, so, so thanks, thanks for working overnight for us. Thanks for joining us here at the tail end of your shift. All right, great to have you on the program. Uh, quick break. We got your Hannity commentary. Uh, oh, I can, I get, I've got. Uh, we can talk. You know what? Let's let's uh, let's play Jim Jordan talking about border security and a potential government shutdown. Let's get to that next. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. We've got some insight into Joe's very, very busy schedule. Looks like Joe Biden's work schedule is lighter than we thought. Uh, Joe Biden now facing a potential public relations disaster because Republicans found that the 80-year-old Democrat had nothing on his public schedule for 13 days in a row. I mean, Linda, I mean, I, I got my long vacation of the year. And it went like that, you know, in a blink of an eye, it's gone. You know, I'm, I'm energized, ready to go. You know, it's a presidential election year. It's going to be a roller coaster emotionally for everybody. And I'm back to work. I mean, these, these people are off more than they ever work. Check out the Sean Hannity radio show later today, right here. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's $5,000, $50,000, or $500,000, we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-575-9862. 
Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at TRA.com or call 800-575-9862. That's 800-575-9862. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people. 06-201-6263. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. This is where Montana Talks. All right, a quick scene setter here first on the uh, congressional spending debate. Uh, Congress uh, taking a big step in avoiding a government shutdown, uh, according to uh, this report from uh, Ryan Schmelz with Fox News Radio. Let me get it queued up here for you. All right, let's see if it'll roll for us here. It's even worse than we thought. That's how the conservative House Freedom Caucus describes a $1.6 trillion deal to fund the government through the end of September. In a statement, caucus members claim that, quote, once you break through typical Washington math, the true total programmatic spending level is $1.658 trillion, not $1.59 trillion. The White House praising the agreement, saying the deal, quote, rejects deep cuts to programs hardworking families count on. But House Speaker Mike Johnson touts $16 billion in spending cuts, which includes $10 billion to IRS funding and $6 billion from the Biden administration's, quote, COVID-era slush funds. On Capitol Hill, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. All right, so so the big question, and I, and I agree with uh, Congressman Jim Jordan here. I think, I think they have got to do something dramatic in order to, in order to secure our southern border. The downside is, is I don't, I don't think they have the votes. I don't, you know, look, we can agree with Jim Jordan all day long. We can agree with the Freedom Caucus all day long about, look, shut down the government if they don't secure our southern border. In fact, I would argue that we have a government shutdown right now. We have a government that is not securing our own borders. That means our government is shut down right now. Uh, I think that by securing our southern border, that actually opens government. What's government's function? It is, it's, it's to secure our country. It's to defend our country. Government is not doing its core function right now. But here's what Jim Jordan had to say. He, he also agrees uh, that, that they need to press this fight right now. So you're back at it, and you've got a busy session yep. here. Talk to us about the priorities, and let's first get into the budget issues where we could see a government shutdown yep. within two weeks. Are you prepared for that? Well, I think the number one priority is the border. I mean, we're on, we're on pace to get to 12 million illegal migrants coming into the country in the Biden presidency. I mean, that's equivalent to the entire population of the state of Ohio. And we're not a small state. We're the seventh largest state. So that's the magnitude of this problem. So I think that's priority number one. We've got two funding bills you indicated, January 19th, February 2nd, when government funding, uh, those, those are due. And then, of course, we got the impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas and the impeachment inquiry into President Trump, so, or excuse me, President uh, uh, Biden. So we got a busy, uh, busy month coming up, and we're going we're gonna to tackle all those. But I do think the border situation, that's why we were down there this past week with over 60, uh, 60 members there this week. I do think that's, uh, that's priority number one. When you have something of this size, this magnitude, 
and it's been done intentionally. I, I always say this is willful, this is deliberate, this is intentionally done with the policy changes the Biden administration put in. So we're, we're focused as Republicans on getting that fixed. And if Democrats think it's more important to have an open border than to fund the government, that's their problem. So you're willing to take this to the mat and allow the government to shut down unless he has some new border legislation? I think we have to because I think that's what the American people demand. I mean, right now, polling shows eight out of 10 Americans know that this is a crisis on our southern border. So we've got to deal with that. That's, again, why why Speaker Johnson took the largest delegation ever to the border this past week. We saw firsthand how serious it was. And we heard from everyone. Sheriffs, we heard from Border Patrol agents about how, how, how bad this problem is. And they want us to go to the mat to solve this now instead of continuing on this pace that'll get us to, as I said, 12 million illegal migrants coming into the country, being released into the country under the Biden presidency. All right. Now, of course, what uh, compounds the challenge for congressional Republicans is they had they already had such a slim majority. Now, former Speaker Kevin McCarthy has resigned his seat in Congress, which goes to which has gone into effect here in January, which will go into effect here in January. Uh, and then there was at least one other uh, member that stepped uh, down from Congress also. And then you had sort of the Santos expulsion. So they have such a very slim majority that. They, they lose just a tiny handful of Republicans that vote that vote with the Democrats. And no matter how much they want to press this, it, again, you've got the tyranny of, of the minority uh, that, that's taking place is what it appears so far. 